Interested in learning about wine, but not sure where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Cork and Fizz Guide to Wine podcast. I'm your host, Haley Bullman, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm a wine enthusiast turned wine educator and founder of the Seattle-based wine tasting business, Cork and Fizz. It is my goal to build your confidence in wine by making it approachable and lots of fun. You can expect to learn everything from how to describe your favorite wine to what to pair with dinner tonight and so much more. Whether you're a casual wine sipper or a total cork dork like myself, this podcast is for you. So grab yourself a glass and let's dive in. It's finally happening. The wine trip you've been wanting to go on is finally a reality. You've purchased the plane tickets, taken the time off work, and even booked the perfect Airbnb. Now you just need to plan all the wineries you'll be visiting and how you'll be spending your time on this wine trip. I've been on multiple wine trips over the past years and planned all of them myself. I've planned trips for my husband and I in Santa Barbara, in Napa, Sonoma, in Walla Walla, and Willamette Valley. I've also planned an entire wine retreat for a small group through my business Cork and Fizz to Walla Walla, and you best believe I'll be doing it again next year. Now, I love planning, but it's easy for it to get overwhelming. There are so many wineries and tasting rooms whenever you visit these regions, and it's hard to not want to visit them all. Obviously, that can't happen unless you're like staying there for a month, which like you go for it. (laughs) So with that in mind, I imagine I'm not the only one who gets a little overwhelmed. So I'd like to share my six tips. It's kind of a step-by-step with some tips thrown in here, inspired by my own wine trip planning in hopes that it can help you plan your next wine trip. So we're going to start at the beginning. Tip number one, kind of step number one. Do your research. Depending on how familiar you are with the wine region you're visiting, it might help to do a little bit of research before visiting. So, for example, when I was planning my trip to Santa Barbara earlier this year, I'm familiar with the region on the surface. I'd had a couple Pinot Noirs from the area, but I knew it would be nice to learn even more so I could appreciate the visit that much more. So one of the ways that I did this was I listened to a bunch of podcasts around the area. I feel like this is one of the easiest thing to do. Simply head to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever it may be, and just search for the region that you're planning to visit. I guarantee there will be at least a few things that pop up, and you can listen to these while you're doing chores, while you're driving somewhere. Even on the plane ride there, that's something that I did as well. So again, it doesn't have to be this like intense you know, book reading, website searching, research. It can just be as simple as listening to some podcasts or even watching some shows that you can find on the area. Now, before I went to Napa and Sonoma last year, I actually featured both of these regions in my virtual tasting club. This was kind of a trick that (laughs) I do for myself because sometimes it can be hard for me to just research something on a whim. But if I'm researching it, for a reason, and especially if it's to teach other people about it, I find it way more fun. So it was really great. We featured a Napa Valley Cabernet and then a Sonoma Sauvignon Blanc. So it was really great to get to learn about those and teach about those before I went on my trip. Now, 
Some questions I would recommend learning the answer to when you're doing this research include, what style of wine is the region most known for? What should you be looking out for? What is the history behind the wine region? Is it older, newer? What came about? Is the wine region split up into smaller areas? This will be helpful if you're people. A lot of people talk colloquially once they're in the regions. So, for example, when we were traveling to Santa Barbara, it was nice to know that this region was divided into smaller sub-ABAs like Santa Ynez Valley, Happy Canyon, Santa Rita Hills, and Ballard Canyon. This way, when people were talking about these or we saw these regions written on the wine bottles, we had an idea of what people were talking about. Last question, what is the vibe of the region? This is kind of one of those that's helpful for packing as well and just what to expect, right? Is it fairly laid back? I would say Santa Barbara is very laid back. Same with Walla Walla. Or is it a little high end, a little more luxurious? And that's where kind of Napa Valley fell in, where it had a little more of that luxurious feel. Now, again, where do you start when you're doing this research? I already recommended the podcast. You could always book a custom private tasting with yours truly through my business, Cork and Fizz. I'm always happy to create a custom class for you and be able to answer all of these questions in a really fun way. And you can even invite some friends over and, you know, make it a make it a very fun evening while you're getting research done for your trip. Other resources I recommend are Wine Folly, Wine Tourism Blogs. Wine with Page is great especially if you're visiting a California wine region, or even Instagram. Just search for the reason that you're visiting as a hashtag. So hashtag Santa Barbara wine or hashtag Santa Barbara wine country. All right. So that's tip number one. Do your research. Now, tip number two, make a wish list. This is the fun part. Now that you have a little bit of background knowledge on the region, I would start making a list of all the wineries you would love to visit. And don't worry if the list gets long, you can narrow it down later. This step will probably also require a little bit of research if you're unsure about the wineries, but this doesn't have to be difficult. You can always start by asking for recommendations. You can ask friends or family that have visited the region or even put a general request out on social media or even specific Facebook groups dedicated to these regions. Other resources that can help you find winery recommendations include Instagram, of course. Some of my favorite accounts for different regions include at sipping underscore Virginia, if you're traveling to Virginia in the U.S., at that BC wine girl. She's going to have tons of recommendations if you're traveling to the Okanagan Valley or other wine regions in Canada, at Ollie, O-L-L-Y, Ver the wino, so V-E-R-O-L-L-Y-V-E-R, the wino. She has some great guides and recommendations for areas in Napa and Sonoma. At Wine Dine Caroline, um, she's based in France. And if you're visiting Lyon, which is the Bourgeois region of France, I would check her page out. At Wine with Page, I mentioned her earlier. She has a blog, but also an Instagram page. And again, if you're visiting California, Highly recommend her page. She's got a couple other spots as well, so it's worth a look. At Steph Forer, so F-O-R-R-E-R is her last name. She's got a ton of recommendations for Walla Walla. And then at Caroline Du, D-U, Pop, P-A-P-E. It's a play on um, Chateauneuf de Pop, if you ever had that wine from France. But she's based in Texas and then also has done a lot of traveling in France, so has some recommendations there as well. You can also simply search by hashtag, for example, hashtag 
Napa Valley Wineries. Hashtag Walla Walla Wineries, right? Or you can just do simply hashtag Napa Valley Wine. Hashtag Walla Walla Wine. You can also search on Pinterest. I know, like you can do more than recipes on Pinterest. Can you believe it? But if you search for the region that you're planning to visit, I guarantee there will be some itineraries that are going to pop up. When you're choosing wineries to add to your wish list, be sure to note what specific experiences you'd like to do at that winery and how long that experience is, okay? So you're not just going to say, these are the wineries I want to go to, right? You're going to look specifically, does that place offer a, is it just a typical sit-down wine tasting? Is it a tour in wine tasting? Is it a blending class? Any of these things. And then you're also going to note most of these are going to say, you know, if it's a specific experience, it'll say a 90-minute experience. Otherwise, if it's just a typical tasting, I would estimate about 60 minutes for that experience. So always jot down how long it's going to take. Again, when researching, you can look up on Google unique wine experiences in whatever wine region you're visiting. Lastly, I recommend adding a variety of small boutique and large well-known wineries to your list. It's always good. You don't want to go all small or all large. I think having a good combination is always really nice. Now, this leads into a mini tip, which I don't have a separate category for, but I still think it's important to (laughs) talk about. So let's consider it tip 2.5. Aim for variety. If you only ever do basic wine tastings at each spot that you visit, it could get a little bit boring. So when you're doing this, try to mix it up. Look for spots that offer food and wine pairings, winery tours, blending experiences, live music, anything that gets you doing something a little different. Because trust me, all day, multiple days of wine tastings, as much as it can sound fun in your head, can get a little monotonous and a little boring. So aim for variety, make that wish list. All right. Now that you have your list of wineries, it's time to narrow it down. And how we're going to do this, we're going to follow tip number three, which is map it out. So the easiest way to do this is you're going to put all the wineries on a map and then group them together by location. This will help you get a better understanding of how far each of these wineries are from each other, and it will help you pare down and plan a reasonable route. You want to spend your time enjoying the tasting experience and not traveling the entire time. I like to use Google Maps to map out these wineries. I use the Your Places feature, also called Saved, to make a list of all the wineries. I simply make a new list and then add all of the spots to it. I also include restaurants and activities along with the wineries. Anything that you're thinking of doing during your time there that requires you to be somewhere else, put it on this map so you can see where everything is. This is also a great time to decide how you will travel between the wineries. So is it going to be a designated driver, private car, Uber or Lyft, public transportation, walking, biking? You get the idea. Obviously, on a day that you're walking, the wineries will have to be closer together than if you plan to Uber or Lyft. Another thing to keep in mind here, not every region has a large amount of Uber and Lyft drivers. As somebody who lives in Seattle, I am very accustomed to just always being able to call an Uber or a Lyft if I need it, but that is not the case in a lot of wine regions, especially I recently visited Walla Walla. I think they have one Uber driver (laughs) in the entire um, area, and I think where there was another region too. Santa Barbara might have been the other region too where there weren't, oh, Lake Chelan. Uh, I went to Lake Chelan in Washington as well. Not a lot of Uber Lyft, so double check on that. 
and do your research because you might need to hire a car or a private car or a private wine tour guide if they don't have the transportation that you're used to. Okay, tip number four. Now, this is an actual tip and not really a step, so we're we're getting there. (laughs) Tip number four, limit yourself. And I know this is the hard part, but I recommend visiting no more than three wineries per day. Yes, I said three, okay? So stick with me here, all right? I know it's it'd be easy to fill your day. You could easily visit five or six wineries, but it's going to be too much, I promise you, all right? So three. It might not seem like a lot, but trust me, by the end of the day, your palate will be thanking you for keeping it reasonable. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut, doing the same old thing day in and day out? You wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed, and repeat. When life gets busy, it can be easy to fall into that routine and forget how important it is to prioritize joy and fun. But what if I told you there was a way to break out of that cycle? A way to bring more excitement and adventure into your life. And it involves one of the most wonderful things in the world, wine. Introducing my Court Crew Virtual Tasting Club. This is not your ordinary wine club. This is a community of people who are passionate about exploring new flavors, learning about different wine styles, and having fun along the way. Each month, we'll select two styles of wine to focus on. We'll taste them together virtually all while learning more about the regions that the wines are from and the grapes that make the wine. You'll also have the opportunity to meet winemakers, sommeliers, and other wine professionals through our monthly community events. But it's not just about the wine. It's about breaking out of your routine, trying new things, and having a little fun. Imagine being able to impress your friends at your next dinner party with your newfound wine knowledge. Feeling confident when you walk into a wine shop, knowing exactly what to look for and what you'll enjoy. Imagine adding a little bit of excitement to your everyday life. So why not do something for you? Come join the Court Crew Virtual Tasting Club and start exploring the endless sea of discovery and joy that is the world of wine. Sign up at my website, corkandfizz.com slash thecorkcrew. And don't forget to use code WINE101 to get your first month free. And now, back to the show. Now, let's not forget that wine contains alcohol. And even if you're spitting, which I also definitely recommend, your palate is still going to get fatigued. And you won't be able to truly enjoy the wine once you hit a limit. On the spitting note, don't be afraid to ask for a spit bucket if the winery doesn't provide one at first. It'll feel weird and you'll think everybody's looking at you, but you will look like a pro and just own it. Do it. You can do it. (laughs) Another way to give your palate a break is to try to break up your time tasting wine with a vineyard or a facility tour or a food pairing or even just like a hike doing something a little bit different. So when building your itinerary, I always recommend giving yourself an extra half hour longer than you think you need at each spot. And this will do double duty in helping you spread out the tastings, along with giving you a little wiggle room in case you end up chatting with the tasting room staff or the winemakers, or maybe you hit some traffic going from one spot to the other. 
it just gives you that little bit of wiggle room and it also kind of spreads things out so you're not just going back to back to back and feeling like you're in a rush. All right, so we have done our research, we made a wish list, we mapped it out, and then you limited yourself to just three, right? Three wineries a day. Tip number five, and you're kind of already doing this if you're following these tips, but plan ahead. Nowadays, many wineries require reservations. The more popular the winery is, the earlier you want to book that reservation. When we went to Napa and Sonoma, and we did this in, I want to say it was April of 2021. So it wasn't like prime wine tasting season, but it was, you know, somewhere in the middle. But when we went there, I booked most of our reservations about one month in advance. And even then, some of the top spots like Chateau Montalina, Tromsberg, Domaine Carneros, they were already starting to fill up and I had limited options. So again, think about, you know, the more popular the area and the winery is, the earlier you're going to want to book that reservation. When you're making reservations, I recommend building a timeline that takes into account travel time as well as just the time that you want to spend at each spot. So for example, if you're planning to visit Chateau Montalena and Domaine Carneros in the same day, it would be good to know that there's about a 45-minute drive between these two spots. And this, again, is where that map comes in handy. So remember to group those wineries and activities together based on the location so you're not driving back and forth and over there and over there. I made this a top priority on my Walla Walla wine retreat earlier this year so we could make the most out of the three days that we were exploring and wine tasting. Multiple people commented on how well everything was planned and how nice it was that we drove out from the tiny little town we were in. (laughs) We drove out to one spot and we kind of stayed in that area. We, you know, there was one like 30 minute drive, but then every drive in between each of the wineries was less than five minutes. And it was really nice so that we, you know, you didn't have to feel like you were going to be in the car a lot after you were having some wine. I also have a blog post that talks about this topic, so be sure to check that out in the show notes. And I have pictures of my timelines that I made for myself when I last traveled to, I think those are from Napa, Sonoma, if I remember correctly. So you can kind of get an idea of how I built these. Okay, last but not least, this is a very, very important tip, especially especially to me. Don't forget food, okay? You are going to be drinking a lot of alcohol. You're going to be doing a lot of things. Don't forget to schedule time for food, whether it's booking a wine and food tasting experience or saving time in your itinerary for lunch. You're going to want to eat. I also recommend a good-sized breakfast in the morning. Typically, when you're out wine tasting, the earliest you're going to start tasting is around 11. So take advantage of the slow mornings to go get yourself a nice big breakfast. I swear to God, every wine region I visit has amazing coffee shops and breakfast spots. So be sure to look one up in the area that you're visiting. Also, one caveat here. I've learned the hard way that you're not likely going to want a big sit down at dinner every night. So maybe plan one nice night of dinner, but then give yourself room in your itinerary to just like grab fast food burgers or something and crash at the hotel. I know my husband and I, when we last visited Santa Barbara, we had plans to go out to dinner this, I think it was like the second or third night we were there. We were both absolutely wiped. So we just stopped at like this drive-in burger spot, grabbed some burgers, 
went back to the hotel. I think we had those burgers eaten and we were like in bed asleep in like half an hour. So (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we're getting old. But as I said, I think you're going to want to not not set yourself up with too many big things at the end of the day. My other tip when it comes to food and beverage is to make sure you bring a large bottle of water with you, especially if you're driving or taking a private car, and small snacks like crackers just so you can snack on throughout the day. Like I said, you can either keep them in a car if you're driving or just bring a larger purse slash bag so you can bring those with you. There you have it. Those are my six tips for planning wine travel. Number one, do your research. Number two, make a wish list. Three, map it out. Google Maps is my favorite for this. Number four, limit yourself. Trust me, three wine experiences a day. That's it. That's where you're going to cut it off. Number five, plan ahead. Remember, a lot of these spaces require reservations these days. And number six, don't forget the food. As I mentioned before, there is a blog post on my website about this. Just search wine travel. And then I also believe there's a link in the show notes to this too, where you can find some more pictures and I do a little bit more of sharing how I've planned trips for myself. Now, I hope you found these helpful. And if you're planning a wine trip, please reach out to me on Instagram. I'd love to give you some recommendations or just share in the excitement with you. Wine travel is always super exciting to me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cork and Fizz Guide to Wine podcast. If you loved it as much as I did, I would so appreciate it if you could take a quick second to rate it and leave a review. I'll wait. Just kidding. Okay. Don't forget to subscribe, though, because we're going to be releasing episodes every Wednesday. That was was cheesy, wasn't it? I don't know. I kind of liked it. (laughs) Next week's episode, you'll enjoy another installment of my Grape Deep Dive mini-series. This time, we'll be learning all about Cabernet Sauvignon's lesser-known parent, Cabernet Franc. Thanks again for listening, and if you want to learn more about wine, come follow me at Cork and Fizz on Instagram. And to try more wines outside of your comfort zone, be sure to sign up for my virtual tasting club, The Cork Crew. Use code WINE101 to get your first month absolutely free. Cheers! <laughs>